Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today, our motherfucking sponsor is ourselves. You're going to get your ass over to the MaximusPodcast.com. You're going to click the little three-line thingy in the corner. Internet geeks call it a hamburger. You're going to join now, and you're going to join Team Maximus. What's Team Maximus? The best no-gear, under-30-minute workouts on the planet. Stuff that's guaranteed to get you an elite level of fitness. You're going to get one-on-one access to Joe and I, and you're going to get access to a like-minded community of people from all over the world that are interested in one thing and one thing only, and that's being better than yesterday. Speaking of better than yesterday, that's a slogan for a company we absolutely love, (laughs) 10,000. We've got Jared Stein here. So Jared, uh, you and I have recently become, I'm going to say close frenemies, and I'll explain that in a minute. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, thanks, Bobby. Happy to be here um, and love that segue. Um, so I currently reside in Austin, Texas, formerly of New York City. So I was there for 12 years, um, started out in finance. Um, turned out I didn't like it as much as it didn't like me. Um, so we had a mutual parting of ways with me in the industry, um, got into the fitness game. Um, I own a few of uh, CrossFit affiliates out in, in, uh, Brooklyn, New York and, and in Manhattan. Um, and just recently, um, you know, joined up with 10,000 officially. I had been with them as a, as a fan, a customer and, um, you know, a, a loyal product tester for, for a few years, but, um, just recently joined up with them officially, um, late last year to run their project work and, um, their gym affiliate program. Awesome. And that's the reason we're here, Jared, is because I want to talk about work. Mm-hmm. So uh, from, from the outside perspective, the way I would explain it is work is an online uh, athletic competition uh, that involves workouts. Uh, they're scaled to, to, to a degree that, I mean, no one's really excluded. Uh, almost anyone can participate, but there's some big cash money at stake too. Uh, $5,000 prize, I think. That's correct. You win. Yep. There's a $5,000 cash purse, which obviously brings in um, or attracts some of the more tip of the spear type athletes. But as you said, um, any workout can be optimized, um, you know, for everyone's participation. We don't have any divisions. We don't have any age groups or brackets or um, anything like that. So it's one big open division um, and anyone can come and play. And, um, and we mean that because registration is $0. So we're, we're trying to, Make the barrier to entry is as low as possible. So this is a free competition completely. Correct. All right. So tell us, tell us a little bit how you design something like this, because it's kind of tricky, right? We were just talking off air a little bit about the CrossFit games and some stuff is suited for big guys. Some stuff is suited for little guys. And I joke that you're my frenemy because dude, that work one, which was like eight minutes of burpees, at 6'3", 397 pounds, I'm not good at burpees. Uh, well, as someone who's shorter and a little heavier, I'm not great at burpees either, so I, <laughs> I get it. Um, so the, the programming is tricky, right? So when you think about um, the CrossFit Games, right? The, the CrossFit Games is testing um, kind of a, what I would call a resume of fitness, right? Your, your, your breadth and, and length of um what you've accomplished over the year and they want to test pretty much everything, um, or as best as they can, um, with 
project work, we're only doing one test, right? And it, cause it resets every month. And what we're trying to do is, you know, put together what I would call like a fun open style um, event that we can have a lot of data points, right? So from someone who is judging the competition, which I am, right? There's a few things that we need to see. One is we need movements and patterns that are easy and clearly to define. So um, that's why we haven't seen any push-ups, right? Um, because when we think about a push-up, you know, if we were to define the standard, it, it could be easy to define, but not everyone would quote unquote do their push-up that way. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be tough to, to judge, you know, shoulders locked out, elbows locked out, chest to the floor, um, knees off the floor um, versus uh, a burpee, right? Where the, you know, the standard is a little clearer to see. Um, so when we, when we think about programming, we want to um, obviously a clear and defined standard and we want enough data points and a big enough time domain that we can separate essentially, you know, we had 800 and some odd people that signed up um, really the, you know, the, the, the top scores from the, the middle of the pack. Um, and so when we think about time domain, you know, to get those kind of rep counts in, you know, 400 reps or more, or I guess in that burpee workout, it was 162 was the winner. Um, but when we look at the data points and, and how it kind of plots out, um, you know, we really find that sweet spot around seven to 12 minutes in terms of time domain. Um, and when we think about um, the, the movements, um, we want them to obviously be um, quick and, and, and cardio inducing and, and, and challenging. That's interesting. Uh, I, I think we just lost Bobby for a second, but I'll keep going here because I still got the recording going. Um, and Andy's back. Uh, I'm curious because I, I feel like if you're if you're programming for a specific audience, like you know you're you're programming for you know uh, women age 35 to 40, like that kind of narrows your choice. You know what I mean? And and knowing who's coming in, you can boil it down to you know 10 or 15 different movements that you get to pull from. If you're trying to pull from anyone and everyone, regardless of you know height and weight and experience, um, that it almost feels like too much. So how many different movements are you working with? Like, do you have a set list of things that you've already kind of considered? These are the movement pool or is it, is it kind of evolving as you go? Um, I don't want to say that I'm, um, you know, it, it's kind of how the Supreme court uh, try to define pornography, you know, what was it back in the eighties where they're like, you know, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Right. Um, when I think about movements for competitions or in specific, specifically this competition, um, I don't have a set list, although the workouts we, we have pre pre-programmed the next few. Um, mm -hmm. But I do know that, you know, there are movements that we, we won't use because they're going to be too difficult to judge um, and uh, too difficult to, to maintain the standard. Right, right. And so when we think about like, you know, broad strokes, right. Um, this, you know, the, the, the as prescribed virgin or, or, you know, some people would say RX isn't for everybody and that, and that, that is okay. Right. And this really isn't about project work is not about winning and, and about, you know, discovering who the fittest is the, the initiative is to drive people back into the gyms. Right. Sure. When, when we were coming up with this program, when, when it came to us was that, 
you know, as a, as a gym owner, we wanted to find a reason that people should get excited to go back to the gym. And as an affiliate owner, the best night of the year is that first Friday night of the open, which was last weekend. And everyone's in the, everyone's in the gym. It's loud. It's crazy. Everyone's amped up and excited to be there. The energy is palpable. Um, and we wanted to recreate that for not only, you know, myself selfishly, but, um, you know, the CrossFit community and the, and the functional fitness community in general. Um, and because we have such a broad audience within the 10,000 kind of network, we were, you know, attempting to pull guys in who, you know, maybe don't do CrossFit every day to, right. you know, you know, jump into a workout. Um, I, I, I'm going to pause you right there. Cause there's a, there's a concept that's kind of bubbling in my head from this of you're not trying to recreate like the CrossFit games. You're trying to find where some of those barriers are that, that are keeping people from participating. Like you said, why aren't people going back to the gym? Why aren't people signing up for these competitions? How much do you think, you know, not having to reinvent the wheel has benefited you as far as organizing something like this, especially all online? So, I mean, you've got like the CrossFit Games as an example. Um, you know, there's tons of other online competitions going on. Um, was there a particular source of inspiration for you? Was there certain mistakes that you've seen that you kind of said, ah, we're going to try to stay, you know, steer away from that stuff? I mean, what 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 were the, the other guidelines that you got? Because this isn't the first time that anybody's created something like this. Of course not. And um, my concept or 10,000's concept isn't unique. Um, mm-hmm. In, in any way. And, and the way I think about it is there's three types of people. There's innovators, imitators, and there's idiots. Um, <laughs> the three yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I, and, you know, throughout the course of the day, I, I can be any one of those three. Sure. Um, but when it comes to project work, I like to think of myself in the, in the first two categories where I am not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm just trying to make a better wheel. Yeah. Um, and what we've, and I, you know, again, I've been around CrossFit enough to, to see where some competitions fall short where their mm-hmm. where their pain points are. Um, you know, first and foremost is cost, right? And and this is a big shout out to to ten thousand because you know they were the ones who were like, yeah, go do it. We'll put up the money, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not every day does a company go, hey, here's five thousand dollars a month and you know some gear. You know, go nuts, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you just we just don't. I don't see that kind of generosity all that often. Um, and I have no mandate to make that money back. Right. So my return on investment really is just getting people to sign up. Right. And so mm-hmm. we're looking at this as just as a community event. There's no parameters around people buying gear. There's no ask. Yeah. Um, this well, is this, a- is, this is I mean, honestly, this it's a brilliant idea. It, and it's brilliant to not go into it saying you have to make money off it because Nike didn't become Nike by worrying about their profits. They, they worried about their image. You know, and they worried about building the community and, and all of a sudden the ads went from like talking about the features of a shoe to like just showing people working out. Right. It's, it's considered one of the, the best established brands. So I think that's a, a, the right approach for this of like, we're not, you, you're not going out there saying, this is the absolute best competition ever. And we're going to blow everyone away. It's like, no, here is a competition that you can get into. Like you said before, the, the barriers to entry are, are low. Like you, you can do this, you can get in and you can do this. What would you say you guys are doing really well? Like what are the things that maybe other competitions would want to imitate from you? Well, you look, we have a, we have a, a, it's one and done, right? So other competitions, 
especially in the online space, it's going to be very challenging for people to hold that attention span and that focus over yeah. multiple events and multiple days. We don't have that problem, right? We, mm-hmm. we treat it very much like the CrossFit Open where it's like, here's the workout on Monday. You have all week to get it done. Post your score in your video um, to be eligible for the prize and you know br- bring a buddy with you essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we don't have... Again, we don't, you know, I hate to bring it back to money, but, you know, the, because the genesis of this wasn't financial, you know, the genesis was to put people back into the gym. You know, I, I feel like we've succeeded with giving the gym a reason to, to host an event for free, right? Um, and, and it gets people to rally around, you know, their, their particular community with 10,000 being kind of the backdrop. Yeah, yeah. Question for you, Jared. What are the long-term plans of this? Because I know one of the things is anyone can go in the competition right now, men, women, age, it doesn't matter. Are there, do you have any type of framework developed for different divisions, for different yeah. workouts? Do you know what I mean? Uh, for sure. Uh, and, and we do. Um, right now, we're still, I'm still trying to prove out the concept um, of, you know, let's get over a thousand people to sign up for this monthly. Um, in a blue sky scenario, you know, the, you know, when we, when we brainstorm this and we daydream about it, um, with the guys at 10,000, it's, we want to build kind of a one-stop shop for your, I don't want to call it competitive fitness, but like your fitness stats, right? Like a place where your, your clean and jerk time can live on a live leaderboard, you know, your deadlift time, your five mile time, all that stuff can live there where we post, you know, weekly challenges. We have the work event that goes in there and it's a live and living leaderboard. Um, and then as we gain more traction and, and really market penetration, that's when we can start thinking about doing, you know, men's and, you know, the first thing would be men's and women's divisions and then um, breaking it up by age. And that would probably, you know, as, as it has with CrossFit um, Inc would, you know, change in terms of, you know, scalability of the workout and, kind of the variance thereof. So I have a, I have a question. Do you think this work program, if you will, because I think it's more than just a competition. Like what I'm hearing is this is all program. This isn't just about winning some money. This is really about 10,000, you know, uh, one of their, one of their key mottos or their key, you know, core values being better than yesterday. It's about helping people improve. Do you think this would have come about without Corona? No, um, I, I don't. And, and because it was, the idea was really birthed out of the idea of us kind of texting internally, like sending each other, you know, like workouts being like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to th- do this workout. Like I want to compete against somebody like you give it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a bunch of my gym buddies and I would do that. And, you know, I kind of shared that with Keith and, uh, Keith is the, the founder and CEO of 10,000 and, um, he was very much into it. And, you know, him and I had been talking about workouts prior to this, um, you know, cause when he, he left the city for, uh, for, uh, he left New York city, um, you know, early on in the pandemic and we were like texting each other at home workouts and going back and forth about like what times it would take. And like, it was, kind of, it was really fun. Right. Um, and so as the idea evolved, it was like, all right, well, why don't, you know, we put some money to it and, you know, people put their money where their mouth is and let's, let's see if it works. Right. 
Um, and, you know, we're, we're four workouts in, we've grown it from, you know, essentially zero people to 800 people signed up. Um, we got some CrossFit games athletes involved, which has been super fun. Um, and, you know, we're, we're starting to spread this through the community and, um, we're starting to see that this isn't really just about working out. It's about getting excited to work out. Right. Yeah, for sure. But the reason I brought up Corona, Jared, is because there's this, and I'm on this side of the fence with this. I think the days of gym communities is kind of dying. Like I think a lot of people, and it's really sad because I knew a lot of people that owned a lot of great gyms. I think people have figured out they can do it at home. It's cheaper. It's easier because they don't got to travel. And that there are resources like this coming out that can give you the feeling of community. Like I love the idea of you're talking about there's this live leaderboard that's going to be built where all your stats can live. You can communicate with people. You can, you can show off a little bit. You can be proud. Like it fills all those needs that a traditional gym used to fulfill. So I have a few feelings about that. Um, on the surface, I, I, I really agree with kind of your sentiment. Um, but as I think about it a little deeper and, you know, think about like a broader, broader picture of, you know, America and their fitness, right? Um, everyone plateaus, right? And at some point, and this is why like, you know, the, the treadmill in your parents' house became a coat rack at one point, right? Is that they get bored of working out by themselves. It's very tough to get that motivation. But more importantly, you're limited in your own abilities without a coach, right? And we all know like online coaching is, is really great, but in-person is really you know, you know, you kind of get that live tactical and, and verbal feedback is, is super important and not to mention the equipment, right? Um, you know, how much weight does, does the average, you know, Joe have in his, have in his garage yeah. or, you know, what kind of implements can he use to continue to get better and, and, and God forbid he should get hurt. You know, what kind of tools does he have to scale, modify, or recover from that injury? Um, I think in, in the short time frame that we're, you know, viewing, uh, this, you know, this moment in, um, yeah, I mean, people realize that they can go and, you know, work out on their own and that may be fine for them. Um, and, and some people may love that. Um, and I think to some extent, there's always going to be a portion of the population that, um, is going to want to work out by themselves anyways. Um, but I think that the, the, the fatter end of the bell curve is going to end up coming back to the gym because one, they're going to miss human interaction. Um, two, they're going to need the, the stuff that gyms have that, you know, garages don't. Mm -hmm. and, and three, that, that real important piece is that, you know, person to person coaching and person to person community. Well, I, I think you, again, you're, you're, you're sort of alluding to this, this idea of abundance. I mean, there is enough fitness to go around for everyone, right? So if we can get people at home more interested in fitness, then more of those people are going to get to a point where there's only so much they can do on their own. And they're going to want a coach, like you said, and different equipment. You know, uh, Bobby and I have contended for a long time. You don't need a lot of equipment and like a fancy program to get fit. Like you can do a lot with very, very little. Uh, but there does come to be a point where it's like, you know, the only way you're going to get better at deadlift is if you've got a barbell and some plates. You know, the only way you're going to get better at Olympic weightlifting is if you've got a coach who knows how to coach it. But if there's, you know, 10% of the people in the world that get fit enough to need that, like honestly need it, 
that's still enough to fill the gyms. And if everybody else is at least moving, I think that's fantastic. And so I see something like, like the, the work uh, competition as just a, another way to pry open that door and break down people's reasons for not doing it. And, you know, if, if a million people start doing these workouts, how many of those are then going to be more willing and more interesting or more interested in finding a, a gym community and taking it from the virtual world to the, to the really real world? So I think that's right on. Yeah. And, you, you know, part of what well, I can't speak to every affiliate, but what we used to do, uh, well, I guess we still do it in, in New York is, um, or I guess we still will do it. Not, not this year, but, um, you know, during the open, like you didn't have to be a member to join in on the party, mm-hmm. right? You can come and participate, have a beer, watch your friend work out, watch your sister, brother, you know, significant other work out. Um, and that energy is infectious. Yeah. Right? People like in the beginning, you know, like, oh my God, these guys are absolutely nuts. There's, you know, 10 dudes without their shirts on, sweating profusely. They all look like they're <laughs> going to have a heart attack at the end. But yet everyone's screaming, high five, and there's smiles on everyone's faces. Um, and the energy is high for a few hours. Yeah. You know, people see that, and that's, that's ultimately your billboard. And, yeah. you know, what I'm, you know, what I'm hoping, hoping for and hopeful for is that gyms across the country get this in there and, you know, can use this as their community event uh, once a month and mm-hmm. attract more eyeballs and, and, and broaden their, their, their reach. Yeah, I think that's right on. Now, um, I don't know if you, you probably don't know this. I, I owned an affiliate for almost 10 years. I owned CrossFit Twin Cities. Um, and my favorite thing to do was Memorial Day Murph. Because right. it was exactly that, right? It was like, you could bring a friend who'd never worked out before. We're going to scale the workout, right? So you've got some dudes that are doing the thing, you know, uh, RX with the weight vest on and they're crushing it. And that's intense to see. But then, I mean, you're also seeing like Grandma Betty over in the corner and she's working to her limit and she's having a good time. And like you said, then it's over and everyone's high five and we all did it together, even though maybe we all didn't do exactly the same thing, but we kind of did. And then we would fire up a grill and like people would have a beer and you'd have that moment afterwards that was not gym. Like it was just community. Like, and that's where most of our new members actually came from was through events like that as through those moments of, of community connection. And then realizing that, yeah, I can do this stuff. Cause if you read Murph on paper, it's scary. If you'd never worked out before, you know, a hundred pull-ups, are you kidding me? But when you're in the gym and you see how it works, you know, there, there's a magic there. And, yeah. and I feel, I feel like exactly what you're saying here is these workouts, like, again, if I'm running my affiliate again, heck yeah. I mean, heck yeah. Sign me up because this is exactly the way that you get other eyes on your facility and you get other people talking to their buddies around the water cooler at work about this thing they saw last week, you know? Right. And, and I think this is a deeper, you know, psychological thing is that, you know, bonds are made through, you know, shared experiences and they yeah. talk about, you know, people who've, you know, we're brave enough to serve, you know, you know, a lot of the, it's laughter and tears. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, CrossFit is that, Oh, I'm not comparing it to serving in the military, but <laughs> you can kind of get a, a microcosm uh, of it, right. Where it's sometimes yeah. really, really hard. You're going through this struggle together. And at the end, you know, there's all, you know, smiles and high fives. Um, and you get that on a daily basis. It's, it's, it, it, it feeds the soul in, in, in a very unique way. And, yeah. and that's not just to say for CrossFit, right? Um, right. Yeah. You see this in, in, you know, the mixed martial arts studios all the time. Mm-hmm. right? And, and even more so, right. Where you're, you're going at each other in a very controlled environment, but you could be throwing a punch at 
someone's head in, in one second, and then you're bowing out of respect in the next, um, you know, all of these types of communities kind of, you know, breed that, that kind of bond. Yeah. Powerlifting gyms, Olympic weightlifting gyms, even bodybuilding gyms. I mean, that's really what draws people in. And, and, and again, to go back to what we were saying earlier, I mean, yes, you can get a program online, but it's not the same thing, you know, yeah. especially if, if you're really into that, you know, that human connection is really powerful and really motivating for people. Yeah. So Jared, I, I, yeah. You, you said something about, sorry, I really want to ask this question. You said something about maybe gyms can start using this as their community monthly event. That's the Have you experienced or do you anticipate any blowback from CrossFit? No, um, I, I, well, one, this isn't a licensed CrossFit event. I'm not attempting yeah. it to be, um, we're not using the CrossFit, uh, trademark and that would be their, their, um, their big bugaboo. Yeah. Um, but we've got to remember that CrossFit's flying under a new banner now, um, you know, with the new captain in charge and, um, you know, from, and I haven't met Eric Rosa, but from everything I can gather, he is very, you know, pro affiliate driving people back into the gym, um, kind of any means necessary. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe one day CrossFit, you know, blesses this event and, and that would be great. Um, that's not kind of where we're at and it's probably not the direction we're, we're going. Um, I think that, um, historically, and, and I guess both of you guys can speak to this, but CrossFit was, you know, as, as an affiliate owner was like, live and let live, yeah. um, do what you want to do, participate in what you want to participate in. Well, and very, and very much the, the cream will rise, right? So if somebody yeah. did something like this and it worked, like encourage other affiliates to do it as well. Right. And, and I, so I don't, I don't see any potential issues. Um, but I, I also don't foresee CrossFit being as litigious as they, they were. <laughs> how, how would you like that call, Jared, of like, uh, yeah, this is CrossFit HQ. We need you to knock it off. You're making us look bad. <laughs> um, okay. I, 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 I had a, well, they, but they would, but they would, they would like this, right? Um, You're right. Yeah. This, this keeps the energy of the open going all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, promotes community events, promotes health and wellness. This is very much in line with with their vision um, in terms of a you know broader horizon you know get people off the couch and off the carbs you know yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't I don't foresee any issues. Um, I did speak to um, I you know I was friendly with uh, someone on the strategy team. Uh, she actually had just she just left for another job, but um, she thought this idea was wonderful. Um, you know, not that it was officially blessed, but I can't, again, imagine any, any real, real trouble there. Yeah. Now, the reason I ask is because there is a lot of, I mean, there's two sides of the fence, right? Like Joe and I have always been on the rising tide floats all boats, like let's help each other and let's grow. But there are other people that get super protective of their thing. You kind of saw it in professional fighting when Bellator started to get big. Yeah, like the UFC and Bellator do not get along, and traditionally WWE is the same way. Like the WWE does not want to work with anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't. They just don't want to play. But other places are like, well, no. If the sport of working out gets bigger and there's more opportunities for everybody, then we all grow and we all get better. Yeah, um, that was a lesson I learned when I, I worked at Flywheel. The the original CEO of Flywheel, Jay Galuzzo. Um, someone I held in a very high esteem and, and still do. Um, we were having a conversation one day and I said something about soul cycle opening up 
you know, down the street. And he's like, that's good news for us. That means the more people are spinning, right? More mm -hmm. people are taking indoor cycling. He goes, that's just a bigger audience, right? We just have to do it better. And I am a, I am a firm believer that, you know, you know, as Joe mentioned, like, you know, the, the better operators will, will rise to the top, um, bringing awareness to, you know, your sport or your methodology is, is always just a net positive. I, I in my opinion. Well, and I think too, when, when, when you're considering people who are on the outside looking in, you know, if, if Nike attacks Adidas, Nike looks petty, you know right. what I mean? But if Nike just continues to be Nike and is okay with Adidas being cool as well, like it just makes that whole scene look more attractive to people. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very fair point. Yeah, for sure. So Jared, tell us a little bit about, cause this has been super interesting and I love the work idea, the work competition, anything to get people involved at home. Cause I wish there was honestly more people that trained. I couldn't believe the other day I was walking around how many unfit people there were. <laughs> and I don't mean that in like a horribly judgmental way. I just feel like people need a kick in the ass. Because Did I, I ever tell you, Bobby, when I came back from Korea, like I, I, I lived in South Korea for a year. I was training in martial arts, you know, uh, and I come back to the U.S. And like I just needed to get some stuff. So I went to Walmart of all places. And you talk about culture shock. Holy oh, no. cow. <laughs> so, so, do you know jared that walmart is the bingo wing capital of the united states i did not know that <laughs> yeah this is this is why if you're listening you need to work on your fucking triceps because nobody <laughs> likes bingo wings but it's there's a lot of horribly unfit people so i love the idea of work growing and proliferating to help people like, I love it when there are all kinds of people signed up for this. And I love how inclusive the mission is. Yeah, I, I look, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, um, you, you know, your your mind and your body are, you know, kind of priority number one. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I learned this kind of the hard way from, you know, seeing how my grandparents had taken care of themselves over the years. And, um, you know, in my in my early days, I used to spend hours and upon hours in the gym, you know, when your body can, you know, sustain that. And people would ask me why. And I, you know, didn't really speak up. And I just said, I just, in my mind, I was like, I just don't want to look like that. Right. I want my later years to be, you know, fruitful. And I, I don't want them to be, you know, hobbled by diabetes, heart disease, hypertension, or, you know, you know, sore joints because of, of too much, too many years of, you know, being, being too heavy on my, on my body. Um, and I do look around the United States and I've, I, you know, if this, if this, you know, last 12 months wasn't a, a wake up call that our, our nation is wildly unhealthy, um, especially with the comorbidity numbers that have, you know, come out of the CDC. Um, I, I really don't know what that, that wake up call is. And, you know, for, you know, three of us, health and wellness has obviously been a priority and, and a passion and a career, um, and I just really hope that more people see that fitness is accessible um, and you don't have to be great on day one, right? You just have to be a little, you know, better than yesterday. Not to, not to sound too, you know, cliche. I mean, well, I actually, I actually have, uh, don't tell Keith or Brian or anyone else. And maybe I shouldn't even tell you this. I've actually stolen that line and it's used heavily in my branding now. Like, good. I think they, I think they'd love that. Cause it's right. brilliant. Like it's true. Right. And, and that's one thing I love about 10,000 is, is it's, I feel like I'm wearing more than just clothing. I feel like I'm wearing a lifestyle. 
Does that make sense? Like when I put them on, I'm proud. I want to work harder. I want to push. I, I, I got a sec. I have to second you on that, Bobby, because I, and I think you and I were both the same on this. Where it's like we were perfectly fine getting our you know cheap shorts from Target or whatever, you know, and getting a, an old ratty T-shirt that I had from years ago and heading to the gym in that. And then I, I noticed uh, again being an affiliate owner, like there were some women that showed up at the gym and they had spent tons of money on their workout clothes. And I thought it was so odd. It's like, there, there just isn't even an option for guys to get like high quality workout clothes. Like just nobody made it. And then I, I actually got into some 10,000 gear and it's like, I feel different. Like wearing the shirt that I'm wearing right now. You know, when you put those shorts on, it's like, it's go time. I feel that there's like, there, I have to do well, you know? I feel like it's my work uniform, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I, I feel, I feel the same way. And, um, and I, I think it's, I'll take you even one step further. And and this is, and, and Bobby, you can probably speak to this too, but you know, you get to know the guys over there um, and kind of what goes, what goes on and, and how they think about the product and how they develop the product and, and the process that goes into it. Um, and I feel when I put one of their shirts on or pair of their shorts or, or another article of their clothing is how much effort and time and thought went into this piece. And when I'm putting it on, am I going to put the same effort, thought and, and time into what I'm about to do? Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, that may not be front of mind all the time, but when you're wearing their stuff, you realize like you're, you're, you're putting on something that's meant to push you and make you better because that's what this was purposely designed to do. Um, so, you know, I, I feel that, uh, you know, it's, it's cheesy to say that like <laughs> feel empowered by a pair of shorts. Cause that's, that's a ridiculous statement, but, um, but it, but it know, is, it is that right. Because you feel right. like those shorts were made for you for this purpose. You know, you're not just repurposing an old pair of ripped up jeans that you had to just kind of get through it. There's like the difference between the, the utilitarian, like nature of the clothes you're wearing and, and, and I don't, you guys have had to have this experience where like, I don't know, you're getting fitted for like a tux and they got to like take the waist in or like you're going to buy a pair of pants and you can't fit your thighs in. So you have to get pants that have like a super huge waist because just, you know, typical American human beings are not built like fit people. And then all of a sudden you put on a t-shirt and it tapers slightly to the waist and you, you just look better in that shirt. You feel like somebody gets it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're talking to a guy I've, there's a, there's a, a tailor in uh, Brooklyn, New York uh, called fitted underground and he makes custom jeans. Um, and even before I could afford them, I had to go get them because jeans, I just couldn't wear normal jeans. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure you guys, you know, fall into that same, same category. Well, I, I, I will tell you that the answer is, is yes. I don't know if you saw the DM I sent the guys, it was just a bunch of pictures of my ass, but I can't wait. I made the claim that I have the biggest booty of all the 10,000 athletes. And I don't think anyone can, can deny that. But Jared, I'm going to leave you with a quote. It's a quote I live my life by. You ready? All right. If you can guess who said this. We will become best friends, just like Will Ferrell in uh, Step Brothers. Okay. If you look good, you feel good. You feel good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. Ooh. Um, it's good, right? I'll give you a hint. It is the greatest defensive player in the history of the National Football League. Deion Sanders. You got it. Yeah. 
So that's, and I'm all about getting paid. So if I play good, they pay good. So that's yeah. where I'm at. Look good, feel good. You play good. You get paid good, Joe. You know, it's, yep. it's actually really funny. My, uh, I, Robbie, Roberto Alomar um, got stopped by somebody in the middle of a game because he, in the, like the fifth inning, he ran into the locker room to put cologne on. And he's like, he's like, like smell good. You play good, my man. And I was just, and like, I, he was retelling that story and I'm like, you know, it really is a mindset. Like you feel good, you look good, you're going to perform well. Um, and you know, I guess that's true for hall of famers across multiple, uh, multiple yeah, you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do to get in the zone. I actually used to shower before every workout. Interesting. Cause there was a, I worked with us. I was a head case, Jared. So I was a lot more talented than my record would have you believe. Cause I was <laughs> a head case in fights. Um, if you just put me in practice, people would be like, man, you could be a world champion. When it would come to the competition day, three months of thinking about it, I would go batshit crazy. Like mm. I couldn't handle the, the, almost the external pressure. Like, I don't know how LeBron does it. The thought of like what somebody would say about me on ESPN would just make my performance completely erratic. And so what I used to do to try to deal with that was I would have a shower before every workout and get ready to like, like I was going to work if that ah, makes sense. And it would, it was kind of like washing away all the bullshit in the shower, getting ready. Like, no, 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 this isn't special. It's not unique. I'm going to do my damn job. Right. And so I've done the same thing with the clothes now. Like I'll actually get to the point where the night before the workout, I'll set out like a little outfit, my 10,000 stuff and be like, okay, when I wake up tomorrow and I put that on, it's go time. Like there's no more messing around. It's kind of like when you would put on, when you were working in finance, when you put on a suit to close a big business deal. Yeah. No, Same kind I'm, of thing. Like, no, no, no. I'm putting on my shirt and tie. It is time to get it. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. And it's, it's one of the reasons why I refuse Joe wins the last time you saw me in a collar. Yeah. Never. I refuse. If, if 10,000 ever rings the bell at the stock exchange and they invite me to be part of it, I'm fucking dressing in my gear, man. I'm not dressing up for that shit. Like I am showing up doing what I'm meant to do. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, um, before we go, we know where people can get the clothes, 10,000.cc. Uh, yep. Use the code Maximus15. It'll get you a discount. And uh, there's something that has algorithm that when you put Maximus15 into the code, uh, the clothes are specially made with uh, the special thread that normal people don't get <laughs> that makes you sexier, stronger, and better at life. So use the code Maximus15 to get the special threaded clothes. And I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. Don't tell Keith I said that because we might get in trouble for like from the FTC or whatever. But how do people get involved in the work competition wins the next one? Let's talk. So the next one is April 15th. Um, they can go to the 10,000 website. So 10,000.cc backslash events. Um, and um, on that on that page, it, it links to um you know, work 005, or they can, you know, go directly to my Instagram at Jared underscore or at Jared underscore S underscore Stein. Um, the link in my bio will take you directly to competition corner um, and take you right to the registration. Again, registration zero dollars. Um, so come participate, bring a buddy, um, get in there and get your get your gym involved. And, um, you know, let's have some fun. Love it. Jared, thank you so much. Your guy. I just want to say this. Uh, I'm going to respect, admire. Uh, I absolutely love working with you. And, and I love what you built with work. I think it's brilliant. I think it's smart. I do give you some shit that the workouts are not scaled to Bobby Maximus. <laughs> but 
Uh, <laughs> well, let's let's be fair. If they were scaled to Bobby Maximus, it would be like what, like uh, max effort deadlift, and then like holy trinity, and then just repeat. <laughs> yeah. Like, why don't you just? Yeah, Jared, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have a holy trinity <laughs> yeah. in that competition? <laughs> but I will say you do a tremendous job programming the workouts, and uh, I've made a bunch of people do it. Um, a bunch of people who have done it absolutely love it. So you've done a tremendous job. Well, thank you very much. And, and do know that the feeling is very much mutual. All right. Thank you, Jared. We'll talk soon. All right, guys. Thank you.